this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello. I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going! Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. For centuries, Europe has offered American tourists its culture, its culinary arts, and its mime. Can we please just get out of here? This guy is really creeping me out. Uh, uh, uh. Now, it's payback time. <laughs> two friends, two twins, eight countries. To Europe. You know there are a lot of other empty compartments. Gee, gee. What, what the hell are you doing? Oh, me scusi, me scusi. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh-oh. What? Big tunnel. Who's touching me? Scusi! Club Thundersex. There your every fantasy will be fulfilled. Yes, lady. Hold on! Thundersex! So, are the girls coming back? Cooper the hat. The hat. The hat is on fire. We don't need no water. Let them up. Oi, get bloody out of you. We're from Ohio. Stop. Hammer time. These are magical. I am freaking out. I'm here. Let us make love for one whole month. Mi bello. Mi bello. Mm. Mi bello. Oh, mi scusi. No actual Europeans were harmed in the making of this film. I wanted to fast forward through it, but I was like, no, oh. I gotta watch the whole movie. I was like, what sort of fuckery is this? To Recap and Gown, a podcast where four old millennials talk about the high school and college movies from back in the day when we were high school and college students to find out what made the grade and what should have been held back. Representing the class of 03, I am your co-host Crooks. Joining me this week and every week, he sings like an angel and drinks like a fish, the class of 04's own Big Hearn, David Oscar Hernandez. What up, Dave? Not much, man. Long week, almost over. Uh, excited to talk about this one. Uh, this this was like right in my senior year of high school. This is, I really like this one. So let's get on with it. Let's do it. Yeah, you are very much the target audience for this movie. I oh, think. yeah. Um, yeah. Also joining us in the class of 03, she is one half of our very own Texas two-step, the one and only big sis, Megan Mills. What up, Megan? Hi. Um, it's been a very business Barbie week for me. Um, <laughs> been been really burning the midnight oil and uh, uh, excited for the almost weekend. But um, my brothers and his fiance are here as long as Texas still lets them in. So I'm um, excited to see, see them in a few days. 
Yeah, a word to Sean. Yeah, Shawnee. Have him nearby. Yeah, little Shawnee. We used to always make fun because I would call Megan's house and he would answer the phone and he sounded just like Megan. And that was before his voice changed and I, I was confused on dozens of occasions. I'm sure it was mortifying for him. But rounding out the two-step, she is this podcast's chief social media and trivia correspondent from the class of 01, Dana Griffin. What up, Dana? Hey, y'all. Um, I'm doing all right. Just finished some popcorn. I felt like it was like on brand for a movie podcast. So took care of that. Hopefully there's no kernels in my teeth that will distract me and just, uh, I wouldn't say I'm excited to talk about this movie, but I'm here to talk about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm prepared to talk about this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so this week, uh, we are talking about Euro Trip from 2004. Uh, I watched this on Google Play Movies. It was also on like Amazon Prime. It's in, it's in a lot of places. What yeah. threw me, and I, I had a, a momentary panic attack, I searched for Euro Trip with a space between them and like no results came up. And I was like, oh, is this the first time that I've picked a movie that's not available to watch anywhere? It's one uh, of those lost films. Homework. It's gone. It's gone from history. <laughs> it's just like, we, we found some legit garbage when I was mm-hmm. looking for movies before that no one's ever heard of. And to find out yeah. this was not available blew my mind. But it's, no, you, you, you have can to get put it all in one word. If you go on Amazon, you can get a cheap Blu-ray too if you're into physical media still. I think it was like six bucks. Mm. If you want the- I can't play with anything. I have nothing to play off. And if Very you're not, and if you don't need HD, you can get it for two ninety nine on YouTube. So, <laughs> yeah, on your on your tube console TV. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the synopsis via Rotten Tomatoes is mainstream. Okay, hold on. <laughs> what is a mainstream teenager? But he is mainstream teenager Scott forms an online relationship with German student Mika in order to get a passing grade in his high school German class. When he finds out Mika is a buxom blonde girl, he travels to meet her with his pals Cooper, Jenny, and Jamie. The group of randy teens head to Berlin by way of London, <laughs> Paris, and Amsterdam. Holy shit, randy, randy teens. teens. <laughs> Who wrote this? What's your grandmother, <laughs> like that. <laughs> mainstream teenager, does that mean boring, like straight-laced teenager? I have no idea what, the, what they're trying to say. He's yeah, a mainstream team. He's uh, pretty boring. Yeah. 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 As someone who just started watching Euphoria on HBO, he's pretty mainstream. Like oh, yeah. pretty... kids these days, man. Kids these days terrifying. I also don't know that I'm prepared to watch that. Um, it's terrifying. It sounds like it's, it's a lot. Yeah. yeah. I, I saw 13 and it scarred me for a while there. So that's, I, I, I nominated us to never cover that on this podcast. It's too dark and sad. Okay, um, it did come out while we, while we were in college, though. <laughs> oh, it's a teen movie from my teen years. Uh, Actually, Evan Rachel Wood, I think, wrote and directed it or something like that. I almost picked it one time. Oh, dark one? So dark. but it's such a sad movie. Megan, if you could, give us a rundown of who is in this movie. Guys, um, there are some names here that I'm not going to be able to pronounce. I know that's odd for me, but... Uh, <laughs> Um, here we go. So our main character, uh, Scott Mecklowitz. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Plays Scott Thomas. (laughs) Ding. (laughs) Yay. Um, Jacob Pitts plays Cooper Harris. Uh, Kristen Kruk. Kruk? Probably. I'm not sure. It could be a Kruk. Uh, she plays Fiona, the, the real big bitch in this movie. Um, (laughs) Kathy 
Miles plays Mrs. Davis. Mm, Niall Ishkov plays Bert. It's a fake name. Yeah, th yeah, that whole character was a fake thing. <laughs> fake character. Um, also, uh, <laughs> somebody that I had forgotten about personally, Michelle Trachtenberg plays Jenny. Um, you have Travis Wester, who plays Jamie, and Matt Damon makes an appearance as Donnie, the tatted, um, pierced up something. Band Super cool. Yeah, so I don't know. The lead singer of Lustra. Mm. That's the name of Lustra. the band? Oh. Yeah, in the credits, they're credited as Lustra. I think they're a fake band for the movie, but good God, I mean. Oh, you think so? Yeah. Well, well, they could have been a real band with him as like a stand-in actor, lead singer, but I think they were put together for the movie. Um, let me go around the horn here. Dave, uh, what memories do you have of watching this movie before the podcast? I uh, saw it in the theater when it came out, senior year high school and uh remember buying it on vhs because i thought it was that good vhs yeah yeah do you remember that before oh wait was it dvd it could have been dvd then it could have been. i hope it was a dvd good god i hope so too um yeah it was a fun watch back then uh you reevaluate now obviously but yeah it was it was something uh big sis how about you memories of watching this before the pod Zero memories of watching it before the pod, although oh. 15 minutes in, I realized I had seen it before. <laughs> That's the uh, best kind of movie where it's like, I don't remember this at all. Oh, I have seen this perhaps multiple times. Yeah. Um, I don't know when or why I saw it, but um, yeah, it's, I didn't remember it though. So like every, it was new to me, honestly. It was mm. just like, oh, I remember seeing that character or like, this general situation happening. Okay. And how about you? So uh, my memories of the first time watching it was last night. Um, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> while drinking some whiskey sours. So that was... Wow. Um, yeah, I thought I had seen this. And um, when I started, I was like, nope, never seen this before. Just like last week's movie, I had never seen The Girl Next Door <laughs> until the pod, so... I mean, listen, that's a, I think that's going to be a thing that's going to happen more and more often. I think both your experience and Megan's experience where it's like, oh, I have seen this, did not realize it, or I swear I saw that. I don't know what I saw before, but it wasn't this. Um, for me, I don't think I saw this um, in theaters. I might have, but I don't think so. We watched this a ton um, when I was in college, and primarily we'd watch like the first 15 minutes of the movie. Uh, we would get past the Scuddy doesn't know scene. And then we would usually skip right to uh, either Club Vandersex or uh, the Nude Beach because we were gross college kids and then we were done watching it. So I think I've seen like those bits and pieces of the movie multiple times and that's basically it. So there were, there were things that came back that I remembered, but um, the entire character of Mika I had forgotten about. <laughs> Like, I did not remember that was a part of this movie at all. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of this was kind of new to me, too. Um, before we get into the recap itself, does anybody have any fun facts about this movie? I had a couple things. Um, the main football hooligan, uh, played by Vinnie Jones, um, he was actually a – he was the team captain for the Welsh national soccer team. 
and uh, he played professionally for other English football clubs, such as Chelsea, Leeds United, Sheffield United, the Queen's Park Rangers, and Wimbledon in the Premier League. And then he decided, you know what, I'm, I'm going to be an actor. And uh, got his first breakout role in Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, if you guys all saw that. Um, yeah. His part in that's pretty wild. And, <laughs> and, and now he just plays like tough guys. It's, it's, yeah. it's what he does. He plays a British heavy. Um, let's see. Though the uh, director, uh, Jeff Schaefer, he was a writer on Seinfeld, and he's credited with creating the Festivus poll. Uh, Festivus has, for the rest of us. Festivus for the rest of us. Fantastic episode. He also created, uh, along with his wife, The League on FX. Oh, I love The League. Such a good show. Yeah. It's really good. Fantastic. He also co-wrote uh, Bruno and The Dictator for Sasha Baron Cohen. And uh, most recently, he stuck with FX, and he made uh, the TV show Dave with uh, Dave Bird, a.k.a. Little Dicky. Megan, I think uh, off mic, we were saying that you're the only one who has been to some of the cities in this movie. Which ones have you been to? Well, I've been, I, I thought I had been to all of them, and then I remembered the Botswanaville or whatever. <laughs> what is it? Bratislava. There we go. Botswana. Okavango Delta over here. Go ahead, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I have been, I actually studied abroad in London, so I've been there. Um, been to France a few times, Paris specifically, have gotten into the Louvre, so I feel bad for those guys, um, and been to Rome, and where else do they go? Um, Berlin, actually. It was, it was pretty awesome. Um, and I think that's all, right? Yeah, I think the only, um, did you say Rome? Oh, I, yeah, I've been to Rome. No Amsterdam, though. That's on my list. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the most fun one, so shame on you. I know. Um, would you say that the representation those cities got was accurate, or was it a cartoon version of Europe? Um, I mean, Americans make those cities a cartoon version of Europe just by, like, being there and being tourists in general. The so <laughs> they were kind <laughs> of, like, hitting the touristy spots. Um, I've never encountered a full-on private party for a football team in which they were like smashing glass on their heads but um football fans, yeah football fans in the uk are pretty pretty wild um so i i'm sure that could exist somewhere maybe manchester or something um i would say i mean rome is all about like kind of the sites and they they weren't really there for for long um one building berlin it what like it was in the sense of it, it seems like a very like, I don't know, it seems like a city in the U.S. almost or some, to some degree because there's a lot of English speaking. There's a lot of like um, international people. So like people like live there from like all over. Um, but it's like, it is kind of, if I remember like sort of the, this, the landscape that they were showing, it is kind of like old school and then like some like old school, like broken down stuff because of the war and like actual nice old school stuff. And then like some really like kind of, um, you know, my nice parks and, and um, like a mix. There, there is like a water running through that city, which I don't remember seeing. Um, but I, th I feel like they, every scene was like a little bit generic. Um, so Dana kind of mentioned earlier that maybe perhaps they weren't filmed in these actual cities, which, um, perhaps. I, I, uh, okay. I can kind of, yeah, I can agree with that. 
Yeah, it's a lot of green screen because they filmed like the whole thing in Prague. And I was like, I knew that going in because I had to research because I thought I needed to know if this was like an actual, like meant to be a sequel to Road Trip or just like a spiritual cousin of the original movie Road Trip. And that's what I learned. They did the whole thing in Prague. And a lot of the famous faces we see in the movie is because they also happen to be in Prague at the exact same time. Um, and one of the interesting ones was, we, we haven't talked about him yet, or I guess we did mention that he was there, but Matt Damon's um, filming had to happen at like 10 p.m. to like 3 a.m. Because that's the only window they had that day. And he was there to film. Um, I was like, oh, was he there to do like Born Identity or something? That's no, what it I was, thought. It was the Brothers Grimm or whatever that trash film was. Oh, that, um, no. Oh. What was that? I think mm-hmm. it was the Brothers Grimm. Hold on. But yeah, the Brothers oh Grimm is why he was there. And yeah. that's why like Jeffrey Tambor. And, and that's why it didn't really look like any of those yeah. cities. But I have, been, I have been to Prague. And now that, I, now that you say that, I'm like, oh, I can see that. Because Prague is kind of like also like a sort of a mix of like castles. Like, it's an old like next, city. Yeah, like next to like all these kind of different, because it was basically like, especially during some of the wars, like they got a lot of refugees from all over Europe. Um, there was a lot of like soldiers who kind of like stayed there. And so there's quite an interesting population. And, um, but I had fun in Prague. So maybe they should have just gone to Prague. I don't <laughs> You would think they could just write Prague into the script. I mean, it's weird that they went to right. Crown Sumer and never, never went to Prague, but. Right. Uh, Let's let's quick go ahead and jump into this recap here. Um, the movie opens uh, with graduation 2004. Uh, it's high school graduation, and we see Scott um, kiss his girlfriend Fiona, and he's very excited to graduate. And I, having known what comes right after this, I legit felt bad for Scott. I'm like, oh, this is you're in a really bad spot because immediately upon him like professing his love for her and how excited he is to see her, she dumps him like right in his fucking face. Like it is, I've seen, we've seen a lot of breakups in some of these movies. This is the meanest one, I think. Yes, <laughs> it is it's very cool. bad, right in front of his family too. Like, on tape. Extended family, on tape, everything, yeah. Yeah, Jeffrey Tambor caught the whole thing on tape. Um, mm. Right after that, we are at Scott's house, uh, Cooper and Scott's brother, Bert. I don't think we're making Bert's anymore, but, um, Cooper and Bert are watching the part of the breakup on repeat. Um, he yells out Fiona in a very <laughs> hilarious and unfortunate way. Fiona! <laughs> um, and so right after that, uh, they're talking about it. And Cooper warns Scott that his German pen pal, Mike, is probably some kind of a sexual predator. Um, Cooper is very early on to the catfish train. And he's like, mm-hmm. oh, that's probably a dude you're talking to. He wants to come visit you. He's going he's gonna to have his way with you sexually, so be aware. Um, After that, we cut to a big party scene. Um, This is, it's a party where apparently everyone at the school is at. There's a ton of kids that are there. It's a big, big party, a lot of outdoor stuff. And uh, right away, we understand who Cooper is because one of the first things he says is, look around, there's gotta be a hundred drunk girls here. We should be trying to have sex with each one of them. And I feel like there's no better time uh, for this movie than right at the very beginning to jump into uh, what's your problem? 
So is, is this segment just going to be the entire rest of the podcast? Or? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Damn near. <laughs> this movie is real problematic. There are a lot of things. Um, I've got a list here. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a bit of a backseat. Who wants to take the first swing at some problematic shit from this movie? Um, I don't know if anyone wants to take Cooper, but I will. <laughs> I'll take the entirety of that character. Um, but please feel free to jump in. I mean... <laughs> Literally, he is like the worst friend, like the douchebag of all douchebags. Uh, like, I, there, what redeeming quality does he have, and why does the female character, which I can't remember her name, um, mm-hmm. yeah, start to like fall for him? Like, I like why his is hair anyone? Is okay. I I don't even Very like good. his hair. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, he's just. He literally is, um, he just says like, well, that sounds gay. Just like throwing that out all the time. Yeah. Um, he's, you know, he, it, it, it was a kind of funny bit where he was like basically telling, pretending like he was still working on his internship all summer when he was like yeah. away. And then he would just like call his boss and be like, yeah, I'm, oh, I must have just missed you, or I'm down getting the file, or... That so, was a funny, a funny recurring joke. That was a funny that, bit, but it was just wild, because it was just, like, the epitome of, like, a douchebag when he was, like, well, when, when he was asked why he just didn't quit, he said, well, they would have stopped paying me, so it sounded easier. He <laughs> got some poor sap fired. <laughs> like, no, no. He kept on blaming the same guy. He got the guy fired. No, it's he, a... Bur- it's a burning indictment of corporate America, and it shows that he has some measure of confidence in himself. He's able to just He's very talk. Confident. No, he, he obviously had nothing to lose. Like, am I, am I lose this job? I don't give a shit. Yeah, I All mean right. that that was a that was a funny bit. But he basically he is trash to women. He basically mm-hmm. womanizes every kind of woman type of thing that he sees, and then treats Jenny like she's like a dish rag. And then all of a sudden starts to realize that she's like kind of cute too. But like, again, he's been treating all these women and saying all these things that are trash. So I, I don't understand. Don't come. Oh, he, he, he gets pretty well punished in uh, Amsterdam. So, mm-hmm. well, he, he is the victim of a violent sexual assault that violent. we'll get to short. Like, like we, Megan, you touched on how he treats Jenny. That blew my fucking mind. Um, I would say for most of my life, most of my friends have been girls. I had the same like handful of four or five really close guy friends that I've had since, you know, middle school or high school. Um, never in my life, no matter how close I've gotten to a girl, I've called you big sis for like 15 years now. I was never like, Oh, Megan's a dude. <laughs> like at no point was I like, Oh, I don't, I don't recognize Megan as being a girl. Um, or as you got older as being a woman because we're close to each other. It's not like Jenny is running around in like Jenko's in a baggy sweatshirt. Like she dresses like a young girl of the age. She has makeup and her hair is done. And like, I don't, the fact that he insisted on being like, oh no, you're a dude. Not the most problematic thing about him, but uh, a weird thing. And I also don't know why she went for him other than these are just a pair of really horny teenagers. Um, who else has some problematic things? Because the list is long. Well, 
I feel like it's like a huge plot point, I guess, but I was not here for it. The heavy makeup between the brother and sister. I'm spoiler oh, alert, everybody. But like, <laughs> what what was that? Um, I was like, yeah. I was like, there had to be something. I was like, there's got to be some way that this like shifts and something changes. And he's like, no, that that was a plot mm-hmm. point. Yeah, and I saw. It, I like, yeah, I'm like, oh, it's the twins like that not just brother and sister they were twins and I was like I didn't I didn't need that and maybe that's why Jenny winds up with Cooper because it's like well at least it's not my brother like, I don't know it was just I such mean, a weird and then this <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get to when we get to that scene this Sorry, was not yeah. like a kiss like they zoom in they are licking tongues like it is a gross I mean I would I haven't done the research. That might have been an MTV's best kiss nominee for that year. Like it. Stop it. It was, if they weren't twins, it's a steamy kiss. Because they're twins, it is some gross incest shit. But yeah, that was not really, a, it was, it was a lot. Um, yeah. I, I want to take a, a quick moment here and stand up for the storied, beautiful city of Bratislava. Oh, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. The presentation that they give Bratislava is, I don't, I don't know if we can call it racist, but like. Is it a real up. place? I thought they oh, were yeah. like, oh, okay. Real place. That's the real capital of Slovakia. Oh, the the capital of Slovakia. Okay. Yeah. No, I so I, I, uh, there was a conversation that I had um, many, many years ago when the show was still on the air, but I was like, if Here Comes Honey Boo Boo was about a black family, we would say this is the most racist shit on TV. Like, don't change anything and make them black. That show's fucking racist. Like, it's just awful. The way that they present Bratislava, if that was, let's say, Calcutta or uh, Nairobi, we'd go, oh, that's super fucked up. I'm going to run through some things that we see here in Bratislava, which, for the record, is a beautiful city. Um, I did a Google image search. I'm like, oh, this looks like paradise. Like, this is a beautiful old European city, everything is like gleaming and shiny. Um, Okay, so the first thing we see when they're in Bratislava is a dog gnawing on a severed human hand. Just a hand and there's a stray dog chewing the fuck out of it. Um, At this point in the movie, they have no money left. They have a total of $1.83. Let me tell you what they get for $1.83 in Bratislava. They get a penthouse suite in the fanciest hotel. They get, like, massages, face masks, full spa treatment, an insane feast, um, something that would make Miyazaki blush with the amount of food that is presented here. They get all new clothes to go to the club, including, like, suits and, like, fancy dress, unlimited drinks when they're at the club. Um, At one point, Scotty tips, I think he's, like, the bellman, a nickel, a nickel five cents and he slaps his boss in the face and says he can quit his job and open his own hotel with a nickel again imagine these are all black people in nairobi that is some racist fucked up shit like bratislava i understand slovakia is not a wealthy country um eastern europe gets shit on so much though by other european yeah well yeah and I, i you know it's not. It's not fair. <laughs> no, it's not. Like they, they've gotten the they've gotten a raw deal. No, if you, it, if you understand a lot of European history. No, that I, I really think that it's meant to represent Eastern Europe as a whole. 
Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Eastern Europe's obviously seen some difficult times, but Slovakia is actually kind of an advanced economy. It, just a few months after this movie came out, it joined the European Union. You have to meet certain economic qualifiers before you can do that. That's a and, real country. Dude, they have universal health care. They have free education. They have a combination market economy with a comprehensive social security system. So it's just like any other advanced European democracy there, but we, we have to make it look like every other troubled area of the Eastern Bloc. So let's just look at the shit. And look, I, I will say, I, um, I think we've talked about it a couple of times. I watch a lot of straight up and down garbage reality TV. And I am deep into um, 90 Day Fiance. I am a day one fan of that show from the, the very first season of it. There's a, there's a guy, I was going to call him a character. There's a guy on that show from Moldova. Moldova is what they think Bratislava is. Like, Moldova is a very, very poor, impoverished, landlocked former Soviet state. Like, that, they are struggling in Moldova. And you see some of the characters, sorry, some of the other people on the show basically act towards him like he is a garbage person because he's from Moldova. Like, if they would have said, okay, we're in Moldova, I'd be like, all right, I get how you're treating them. Slovakia is not that. And it wasn't that in 2004 either. This was, it was shameful the way they did Bratislava. That was not cool. Yeah, Moldova, is that the fake place they destroy in uh, Avengers Age of Ultron? Like, or is that? I've not seen that. It's a real place. It's it's next to Romania. (laughs) They speak Romanian there. (laughs) I'm going to keep showing I don't know anything about European geography. But I'm like, what's the name of that city in Age of Ultron that they destroy that leads to civil war? Sorry. It's a real place. I think they I think they left the Soviet Union in like ninety one. So it's a it's a new a newish country. Um but yeah, the, the treatment of Bratislava was not cool. Uh also And I that, just I just read that Slovenia actually in the year this movie came out entered the European Union. Oh yeah. Well wait, Slovenia or Slovakia? Slovenia is where Slovakia. our first lady is from. Slovakia. Slovakia, sorry. All of there were there were eight your Eastern European oh. countries that entered that year. And the, uh, year. And, mm-hmm. and the, and the Eastern European country from Age of Ultron is Sokovia. 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 That's what it was. Very that awesome. Sounds, <laughs> that sounds relatively real. Let's switch around um, some letters, add a couple. Slovakia becomes Sokovia. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, 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 it's Wakanda adjacent. Uh-huh. Um, Same place. I, I wanted to uh, to also take a quick moment, um, especially in this moment that we're in as a society. Fred Armisen was in brownface, right? He's not a tan, too too much tan, maybe. Think, but yeah, I think it's just a good tan. Yeah, because he was playing an Italian. He's like a Sicilian or something, you know. They got a little bit of that brown in them. I don't. I understand he was playing an Italian man, but he's he's of what like Filipino descent, partially I think. Fred Armisen. He's not. He's not a, a pale gentleman. He's not a, a Megan Mills over here. They didn't have to brown him up to play a pervert. His regular skin tone would have been fine for that. His mother was Venezuelan. His father uh, is German. Venezuelan. So, okay. I yeah. thought he had. I thought they listed him as like the first Asian American uh, SNL cast member before Bo. Oh wait. Uh, his um. Hang on. His grandmother. Grandfather. Uh, his yeah. His, his grandfather's Korean. 
Someone really? else is Japanese. I don't know. We've got a lot. We're all on. Everybody's <laughs> on Fred Harvison's wiki right now. Yeah, well, he's a melting pot into himself. Yeah, um, that's why he plays everyone. This man played he, Barack Obama for a bit. So. He, he played Barack Obama and the Queen of England. <laughs> so he's done both. He has covered quite a gamut. Um, there's, there's one other thing that I think we should probably touch on here, and that is um, they. this was from a time when people were just tossed around the word retarded a lot. Um, Bert does it at one point, but they make a whole plot point out of Jenny uh, saying that Cooper is mentally retarded to get them into the Vatican Museum. And there are several kind of jokes about Cooper having an intellectual disability. You wouldn't do that now. You, I no. mean, you might say he's the, like a cancer kid or something, but you wouldn't go, oh, his brain don't work, let us in. That's a, oh, that was tough to see. Yeah. Anybody else have anything else that's uh, some fucked up? We didn't we didn't cover all the Cooper stuff even. There's a lot no, more we could do. No, I'm sure there'll, there'll be a lot more to talk about that. Uh, uh, yeah. But but that little kid toward the end, drawn drawn on the Hitler mustache in the background and just goose stepping around. I'm like, okay. That's, oh, it's problematic. Course, but I laughed so they're hard. They're in Berlin. Of course, there's going to be a kid who does that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, I Whatever. mean. And in the in the closing credits, they show like the director or somebody coaching Teaching him how, how to do, do it. Yeah, that was a funny a funny moment. The kid didn't know what he was doing, but man, I kept uh, wanting that. Yeah. I not wanting. I kept thinking that <laughs> plot, wanted it. <laughs> that plot point would come back, like to like some point where it was mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, Nike is actually this like you know crazy, you know, Nazi. <laughs> like. <laughs> Um, uh, but nothing came back about it. It's like, why did you need to do that? And Berlin, of yeah. all places, is like probably less Hitlery than anywhere else. Well, it is now. <laughs> uh, just it's just a low blow to the Germans while while they're there. It's like, what what can we do that's ridiculous? Yeah, in, in yeah, the background, a real cheap shot. <laughs> and um, the that 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 soccer hooligan guy does not seem to be a fan of the Italians. Or the French. Or the French. <laughs> a ton of just outright xenophobia there. Like, okay, we don't like those eye ties. I'm like, that's a great, that's yeah. a great slurred, slurred and I think he calls, he calls that French guy a frog, I'm pretty sure, too. A frog, yeah. yeah that, that's another one. A lot of xenophobia in the, uh, in the soccer hooligan movement. It's part yeah. of the deal. Yeah. yeah. As well, a... It just all seemed very like stereotypical. Like, okay, what do British people do? What do French people? You know, it was just kind of oh, like yeah. Italians oh. are handsy. That's what's going to happen on the trip. The French, the French love robots and mimes. Yep. <laughs> Getting back into the movie here. Uh, at this party, we find out that Jenny and Jamie are going to be backtracking through Europe all summer, and um, ordinarily we would space out these segments a little bit, but we're coming right back to back here because. This is where we get the performance of performances. Scotty doesn't know, and it's time for a mic check. Mic check one two one two. Mic check one two. Microphone check one two. Before you dive into the mic check, and I forgot to throw this in at the beginning of the movie, but like one of my favorite parts of the movie was actually the airplane montage at the beginning, like the make fun of like those airplane videos. And, that was really good. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of like 
Delta or Virgin or one of those. They're like trying to make them funny now. Um, yeah. And, and then um, the, I think what it was the French version of talking about my generation that played over that. Is that right? I think yeah. it was, a, I think it was French. Yeah. Um, before we jump into the rest of the mic check and Sky doesn't know, has anybody else here flown Virgin? Megan, have you flown Virgin? No. Oh my God. It's the fucking best. I, I flew Virgin for my brother's bachelor party from um, LA to, or from Chicago to LA and back. The um, first of all, they have a dude who is just there to make small talk with you while you wait in line um, to check in, which was great. He walked up and he was like, "Hey man, where are you going?" And I was like, well, "I'm going to L.A. Oh, what for? Bachelor party? Ooh, bachelor party!" <laughs> hey. like was, he talked to me for maybe two minutes and then moved to the person right behind me in line. So it was like the bath time for a little bit. And the video that they show you um, on Virgin, like the safety video, it is like a hipster cartoon oh. and it's very funny. They have a part where it's like, if you're one of the 0.001% people who walked to the airport and doesn't know how a seatbelt works, here's how a seatbelt works. And it's, it's got like a matador and a bull right next to each other to like show you how to fight with your, your seat made over the armrest. It's a very funny video. That's what I'm but saying. Regular, yeah, it yeah. was good. Yeah, I appreciated that. Um, now, talking about my generation, um, in this movie in general, there's a lot of European music. Um, I didn't write down all of the songs because there were like a lot that I didn't know. Tons um, of stuff just but, right under the surface. I was, I was listening to it. I'm like, man, I haven't heard that song forever. A lot yeah, of the, I think, I don't know how to pronounce this because my French is not great, but I think it's Sa Plan Pour Moi by uh, Plastic Bertrand. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. There you go. That was, I, I didn't know, I, I think that's been in like a lot of travel commercials or something because yep. it's a very kind of a driving beat and a lot of i would assume french nonsense is just being said in that song that's a fun one um but the real headliner here i think we'll get to the others the headliner is sky doesn't know um yes i said last week that i probably remembered every word to that song i for sure remembered every word to that song mm -hmm. um we used to play it a lot at our house parties um when i was in college we had a house party every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday at the same house for two years. Um, it's a coach house. Dave and I also lived in a coach house at one point. It's a coach oh, house. Oh, love, so love the coach house. Love the coach house. It was great. You can't see it from the street. It's in somebody's backyard. And so it um, in Iowa City, we, it was at 208 East Davenport Street. So if anybody here goes to the University of Iowa, you can walk over to Davenport. Hopefully they got the uh, front porch fixed because it, it collapsed when we were there. But um, we, we had a party mix and we would have it timed out to hit at like different times because the bus stop was across the street and you'd have a bus load of like freshmen pour into the house at like 9.46 and like 10.13. And so we <laughs> had this thing cultivated. And so Scotty doesn't know what it hit, I think right when the second bus would drop off. I love that song. I don't think I realized uh, we told the mean breakup song story that I had during our um, John Tucker episode. Um, I, I don't, I think I might've been inspired by this song for that. What, what does everyone else think about Scotty doesn't know in general? I didn't understand why there was so much anger uh, <laughs> to, to, to Scotty. He's just kind of a wussy guy who, who's like a beta guy and they just decided to write a song and just take a big old shit all over him. I didn't really, yeah. I didn't really get it, but it's a good song. It's, it's so mean. 
but I was able to sing as soon as it started playing. I'm like, oh man, I remember all the words. It, it's all yeah. up here. But I, I remember the words to a lot of songs. They're just yeah. all up here. They just don't I, go away. I knew the chorus because I had a friend named Scotty <laughs> in college. So like yeah. I knew like that would get shouted a lot at like Kai-Fi where he, the frat he was in. Um, yeah. So I knew the chorus, unaware of the lyrics. And I was like, wow, Donnie the band singer is like a real dick. Like yeah. it's just highlighting all the like shit they did behind his back. And I'm like, what the fuck did Scotty ever do to you, man? Yeah, just yeah. they lay and say that she's going to church and she's on her knees. And I mean, and just when you think it's over, I did her on his birthday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just crushes his cup and walks away. I'm like, yeah, I'd be done too, man. I'm good. Um, I was also like really distracted by it because I was like, how old is Donnie? Because Fiona's no, a junior 40. in high school. You know, like <laughs> 17, um, he's 30. Probably. Yeah. So I was That's like, a grown man. Not only are you a grown man dating a high school girl, but then your biggest hit is about helping that high school girl cheat on her high school boyfriend and you are just relishing it. I was like, it just really, I get that it's a catchy song, but I was very distracted. Uh, upset by the optics of the whole situation. Yeah, Fiona's got him on the phone. And she's trying not to moan. It's a three-way call, and I'm not stopping. Oh, like it's, God, yeah. It's, it's bad. <laughs> like, I, this song is mean as shit. I feel like they liked that song and were like, let's just write a movie that would work around it. Very much. Because it, it like, yeah. played like yeah. three or four times. Yeah, they have a club mix of it at one point when they're in Bratislava. Like, it's a, like an extended dance remix as great as it now. Um Maybe if they were all adults, like if it was some sort of like Scott Pilgrim situation, I would feel a little sure. bit better. But I was like, these are half of this thing is children. So, okay. And what bugged me was Scotty kind of underreacted to it. Like, if that's me at 17 or 18, I'm like poking eyes and punching stomachs. I'm not just going to be like, oh, well, there I am. That's dope. Like, I am, I'm so mad that everyone at the high school knows that Fiona is over here. I mean, banging everybody in the band and like, I would be, I would not just like shrug it off. No, he I'd was, be, a, he was a, mad. no, he, he was a beta cuck before that was even a thing. <laughs> Alan, oh God. He, 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 he just kind of deals with, or maybe he's more mature than all of us. And he's just like, I'll deal with it. And then I'll figure out something new, but he's, yeah. he's probably hurt. He's probably hurting on the inside. Well, you know. But the problem is, I think, I think, um, he's not more mature than us because he yelled out Fiona and like cried when him earlier that day. Right. Well, that was earlier that day. <laughs> uh, I guess a lot of growth can happen in six hours. Right. Yikes. I, don't, I, don't I just think he's just a mainstream teen. And since mainstream none of us teen. are main, mainstream yeah. teens, we, we can't relate. <laughs> um. The, the only other couple of songs that I really wanted to call out, because like I said, there's a lot that um, you probably won't recognize because a lot of them are, I would assume, pretty big hits in the European countries that they travel to. Um, the Bad Touch by Bloodhound Gang was played oh, yeah. uh, when Cooper walks into the Red Light District. I was a big Bloodhound Gang fan, like legitimately the album before this one. My brother was big into them. Mm-hmm. And so they were like a big soundtrack of my freshman and sophomore year in high school. And I had been, I had forgotten like the cultural relevance that, that song oddly had. It was, mm-hmm. it was weird that that became a hit, but um, so that one kind of jumped out to me. And then 
I know all yeah. the words to that and like we'll still just randomly just like spit bars from it if like something oh, yeah. comes up that like aligns the lyrics. Still. I will just I yeah, I I rap it just non as a non sequitur all the time in my no, house. So I'll, I'll 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 say random lines just ran I'll just be like love. The kind you clean up with a mop and bucket, and then someone <laughs> the looks. The lost catacombs of Egypt, only God knows where we that, stuck Dave? it. So, Why yeah, we the hell would you say that? Fantastic, <laughs> you know. And I will say that's not even like one of their raunchier songs. It, uh, uh, Kiss me where it smells funny is one. The ballad of Chasey Lane is a uh, is a good one. Um, the left dance is always better when the strippers, the strippers crying. Jesus. Yeah, they are. They are. Uh, they're they're quite an act. So. Um, good to hear them. Uh, the other one, um, they played it twice. And I, it's another one where it's like, oh, I forgot that was like a, a very relevant song was Are You Gonna Be My Girl by Jet. Yep. Um, like when Garage Pump came back with Jet and the Hives and the Vines and all that, like I forgot that was like a legit movement for a minute. And this caught it right at the right time because they play it, I think both times they're on the Jets, which now that I say it out loud, I realize they played Jet on the Jet. So yeah, I get it. I'm, I'm a get dope it. for not realizing that. Mm-hmm. That was nice. Yeah, there, so, were, there, there was there was a ton of good stuff. All the songs that they played in London, I love because it was all like street punk music. Yeah. Back in the day, it was the jam in the city right, right when they get there, and they show the horrible green screen of the uh, <laughs> of the Thames there. And then it's uh, two songs by the punk band The Business that I hadn't heard in a long time. In- England 5, Germany 1, when, when they wake up on, on the bus after getting drunk that night. It's and a fantastic title for a song. Dude, and then Guinness Boys, when they finally get to Paris after riding, somehow making it on a bus. I think there's a tunnel you can take. And a channel. Yeah. A channel. Yeah, the channel. Or, yeah, you know the channel. Yeah, so you can just get the o- o- over there on a double-decker bus, and that's not stereotypical at all. Makes sense. <laughs> that's good. All that stuff is great. And David Hasselhoff, too. Yeah. That part uh-huh. was pretty oh, I mean, that, that scene. God. <laughs> what a, what a, he's yelling that song. Um, yeah. So, back into the movie here. Um, we're back at Scotty's house after the party. And Scotty's pen pal, Mike, suggests coming to America to arrange a meeting. Uh, Scott assumes that Mike is trying to hook up with him because of what Cooper said earlier sends a really mean email to Mike and then wakes up the next morning with the highest amount of drool I've ever seen coming out of anyone's mouth. It was viscous. It was foul. Uh, I wish I hadn't seen it. Um, So in the morning, um, Bert, Scott's brother, is like fucking around his computer and his emails and realizes that Mike is not Mike, it's Mika which is, he explains, is a very common German name, similar to our Michelle. Um, Scott has had a picture of Mika the whole time, thought it was like the dopey-looking dude in the picture, not the hot blonde. He realizes he is totally screwed up. Mika has blocked his emails, so Cooper uh, tells Scotty they have to go to Berlin, which is insane. That's not the right way to handle this. Post, post 9-11, they're, they're just going to go to the airport and figure this out? I mean, come on. <laughs> Um, right. you know, it's, not, it's not that easy, bro. Not that easy yeah. at all. You can't just email her from someone else's email address and be like, nope. Scotty, sorry, we gotta go to Berlin. Gotta like, go to Berlin. Berlin. Okay. We're, figure this out. We're going, let's do it. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so they get, they get to the airport. Um, 
the Cooper suggests they fly as couriers because it's cheap, which I was wondering how they were going to explain how these high school kids have this kind of money. That was clever. I don't know if it's a real thing or not. That was yeah. pretty clever. Um, they can't get to Berlin, but they can get to London. So they hop on a plane. They ride away. They are in London. They go to the Feisty Goat Tavern where they meet the Manchester United Hooligans. Yeah. Um, that is one thing that I will say is like rings true for London is they have these like weird bar names. It's always like the, the scrappy, you know, raccoon or the, <laughs> the, feist, the, <laughs> the rusty nickel or, you know, whatever it is. A badger on the crown. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if you guys remember this. There was um, a recurring SNL sketch in the 90s where Mike Myers, and I can't think of the other guy, I can't think of his name, but they played hooligans. One of the uh, kids in the hall, I can't remember his name Yes, either. yep, he was in the uh, kids in the hall. McKinney. Mc, uh, Is it Mark uh, McKinney? It, it, Mark McKinney, there Mark you go. McKinney. You yeah. got it. And it's like, great, and they take it up here, and they like, Bite, bite the tops of bottles off with their mouths. Yeah. They would nice. headbutt each other and then puke everywhere. And that was yeah. kind of the whole sketch. I, I feel like that's kind of what they were going for here. And um, they, they kind of nail it. I don't, I don't really think of Man U hooligans for being the craziest ones, but they are like the biggest band of hooligans in the Premier mm-hmm. League, which, I mean, Man U is like, you know, cheering for the Yankees. So I get it. Um, but Scotty says that they're the Man U fan club from Ohio. Uh, in a panic, he sings 9 to 5 by Sheena Easton, which you're going to pull something out of your ass. It's a fun one to pull out. And uh, that wins over uh, the hooligans. They're on board for this, and they, they fall for it right away. Yeah. Uh, they party with them all night, and then they wake up on a bus with the hooligans on the way to Paris to watch Man U play I Have No Idea Who a PSG or whatever. In Probably like a, PSG, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. Champion, yeah, Champions League match or something like that. Um, jump. There's, a, there's a quick scene on the bus um, of some, what I would just call fun cockney gibberish. Um, you guys are on reminds a me, different level of swearing over here. It's fantastic. Yeah, I think it might have been Goldmember where Austin Powers and his dad speak English English. <laughs> it reminded <laughs> me of that. It's yeah. Just, you're all sixes and sevens and there's a turtle on the lorry or whatever. Like this was wild gibberish yeah. to watch. I, I wish they would have had like some subtitles there. So I would have written down some of the lines. You, um, you, you got all steamed up. You're all the <laughs> sevens and eights. And blah, blah, blah. I'm like, this is, you're all sixes and sevens. This is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So when they're in Paris, um, Cooper and Scott go to meet up with the twins. Uh, Jamie, who to this point, has only been portrayed as a complete L7 weenie. The guy's a complete square. Um, he is very serious about his new camera. They suggest going to the Louvre. The line to get in is insanely long. Um, That's the suckers we, line, and you got to buy your tickets before you get into town. Everybody knows that. I mean, that's, that's what you should do. Uh, you should. And, one of the things that's that was a problematic moment that we didn't talk about the camera just like stops to leer over a woman in line for the Louvre for uh, two seconds, like whistle at her, and then it keeps on going, which I, that was unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Um, but this all does lead us to perhaps my favorite scene in the whole movie, which is the robot man fight. What, uh, what? I love. I, I love the oh. robot man fight. Uh, it goes on way longer than I thought uh, that I remember it going on. And I, I don't even think I like it that much. I think what I like about it is the robot man laugh that he does. 
Uh, like, uh, that was uh, the old, ah, ah, ah. Whatever reason that got me. Um, Dana, I, I, I surmise you did not like Rope Man Fight at all. I wanted to fast forward through it, but I was like, no, oh. I got to watch the whole movie. I was like, what sort of fuckery is this? <laughs> like, I mean, as, as somebody who spent a, a lot of years learning how to pop and lock, watching Scotty pop was awful. His robot yeah. was not very good. It was oh, bad. it was painful. And I was just like, when when will it end? And like the stupid noises, and then they're doing like robot kung fu. It like, uh, I needed it to end, and it was just so dumb. Well, I, I think you might have regretted wanting it to end because at the very end of it, uh, Robot Man gets kicked square in the balls and says, I believe in French, ow, my robot balls. And yes, uh, yeah. We can't get past that line without jumping into some potent quotables. What did you say? Um, yeah. <laughs> who, wants, who wants first crack at this? Um, I will just take one that I, I honestly, I wrote no quotes down for this movie, guys. Maybe it's because it's the first time I've seen it, so nothing really stuck <laughs> out to me. But... Um, I didn't say it earlier, but in my notes I wrote, I hate Cooper. So I will take one of Cooper's lines. Yeah, um, trash. And where he's, I don't, this came up in a movie last week too, but um, he just tells, he says like, stay black, Bert. <laughs> like when yeah. he, and to me, it just reminds me that my dad, would, I don't know why my dad would say this, but it made me think of it. He's like, I think it's like, there's only like two things I have to do in life. It's like, stay black and die. And I'm like, is <laughs> It's like, can you, are you not going to be black anymore? Like I was, I was always very confused by it. And that's made me think of it when he tells Bert to stay black. I was like, oh, is this mm. a thing that people have control over? It was just very. I will say sorry. there was a time during college where stay black was my, my all, my regular sign off with my other black friends. Mm. Like if I was, we were talking on instant messenger, I'd be like, all right, I'm going to go to bed, stay black. Like that was a thing that I don't know where it might've come from this. Now that I think about it. Maybe. Um, yeah, that was one that stuck out to me. Um, there was the, there was the um, commonly said, at least by me, I'm never drinking again. Oh, <laughs> that yeah. Was, uh, yeah. That just kind of made me chuckle because, you know, you've had those moments and you're like, I'm never drinking again. And then the next day, the next weekend, you know, the next whatever, you're in the same boat. No, I never drink that- again. And then 12 hours later, he is blackout drunk with hooligans in a foreign country. Yeah, man. Um, I thought uh, the truck driver. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, the, he says it in German. It sounds a lot. It sounds a lot like nicer in German. But I stabbed a woman in a bar in Berlin. But I'm going nowhere near Berlin. I also sexually assaulted a horse in Berlin. And they're trying to get to Berlin, and they and they get in the back of this truck. That was oh, the uh, truck driver. Jesus Christ. He was like, I'm, I'm all high on meth or whatever. <laughs> like he was. Yeah. He was a a disaster of a character. Um, there's, there's a line that I'm going to say right now and not give it any of the, the context because I think it's a little bit funnier that way and we'll get to the scene soon. Uh, at one point, Lucy Lawless screams out, administer the testicle clamps. Which, <laughs> whoo, uh, scarier words have never been spoken. True. Um, True. There's also uh, a part that I very much is like, a dumb meta joke, but uh, Cooper says Paris is basically a suburb of Berlin. That's why France and Germany have been always been allies. And I'm like, all right, that's 
that's like map I mean, bias. No, that's just pure map bias. You just look at a map in your geography book. You're like, that's like two inches away. No problem. Yeah. That's easy. Yeah. Let's see what else. Oh, the uh, the the main hooligan. Once the once the boys wake up on the bus, he's like, and he's having like a serious like discussion about politics and everything with, with all these guys like give was it given the current geopolitical climate all european countries should have a seat at the table except those fucking itons i hate them italian bastards i was like jesus yeah. christ it's 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 a bold stand to take you just yeah. sounded like peaky blinders i know <laughs> it was good that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a different uh, that's he's welsh so I, I i even got the accent wrong i failed i mm-hmm. failed uh, there's one more that I that I enjoyed and I felt bad for enjoying after standing up for Bratislava a minute ago. There's a Slovakian man and we're talking to him about like, okay, so when can I get to a train to get out of here? And he goes, oh, there's a train coming very soon. They're building it now. I'm like, okay, that's a funny, uh, <laughs> and he bikes away right after that. Oh, that's it's a funny line soon. to have him say. They're building I it now. Know. I I love America. We just got the Miami Vice TV show. I love <laughs> the number one show, Miami Vice. <laughs> Miami Vice. Oh, brother. Um, okay, so after the robot balls uh, kicking, um, Scott and Cooper decide to invite the twins to join them on the trip to Berlin. They go to a train station. Um, this is the first time, as we kind of discussed earlier, that Cooper realizes that Jenny is hot. Um, I will say I never had a crush on Michelle Trachtenberg, but like, I don't know how you could be around her and not realize that she is like an objectively good looking woman at the time. Yeah. Um, a full blown French grown man, this dude has to be like 35 years old. Yeah. Ginny right away is smitten with him because she's, she is there to also have some wild European sex as Cooper said that he is. I was uncomfortable with this grown man talking to her, but I mean, here we are with Matt Damon anyway. Um, the, the, like, man-woman interactions are, like, very off. Like, the ages are constantly, like, just in the wrong place. It was... All of them. Yeah. Every single one of them. Yeah. I also feel like I was... I didn't like her hair or makeup in this movie, but I also think it is very 2004. Like, she had the thinnest eyebrows I'd ever oh, seen yeah. and, like, have seen in a long time because we're all about brows nowadays, I feel like. Yeah. Her eyes kind of was, yeah, it was always, like, too light for her face and then those chunky highlights. Talked about Oof. it with, uh, I almost said Alex Mack, but that's not her name, Larissa Olenek from... <laughs> Larissa Olenek. <laughs> Olenek from 10 Things I Hate About You, but those, like, chunky streaks of blonde and I was just like, oh, it's so bad, but then I realized, like, 2004, we didn't know what we were doing, so... Man, truth time. As somebody who came of age in that era, I remain a sucker for a chunky highlight. I can't explain it. I know it looks bad. Uh, I never thought Kelly Clarkson looked better than with her gigantic chunky highlights. Like that was that was very much what I was into. Um, we had a we had a friend from college we called Skunk Stripe because um, well she she had very chunky highlights, but one of them was like right up front. And if she often wore her hair in a ponytail, so it just moved to the middle of her hair right down the middle, like hippie yeah. pew. So we, we called her skunk stripe. And I mean, it, it was cute though. I'm sure she loved that, man. I'm sure she loved it. That was her favorite. I movie. think she hated it, Dave. I think no, she really hated it. I think so. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so um, we're on this train here. Um, they don't really say where they're heading to, other than that we know that they are eventually going to wind up in Berlin. 
Uh, we're on the train, and this is where we first encounter Fred Armisen. Um, I called him the Italian pervert. I, I think his name is like the Italian groper or something like that. The dude is just a pervert here. That's the whole reason that he is there. Um, on this train ride, like he, he kind of warms his way in next to them. He sits way, way, way too close to Jamie. Which and, uh, being on those European trains, like especially I've, I've been on like European cruise, European trains, like somehow like Southern Europeans don't have a sense of space, uh, like personal <laughs> space at all. And they just like, like if you're on an elevator, you know how like usually if there's, it's like pretty crowded, you like don't get in. Or if there's like somebody waiting in front of you, you like let them go. Oh, yeah, you, like yes. that is not happening in like Southern Europe. And so like this, the fact that he like entered this car and decided to sit like right in between them was like, like a hundred percent. I feel like that has happened to like me and my friends. Just got a quick cylinder lap here. Excuse yeah. me. And <laughs> yeah. I'm all set. Excuse me. Um, so, this is Miss Cousy. So I, I did write down what happens in these, there's three tunnels in a row. Um, the first tunnel, his hand is just on Jamie's knee when they come out of it. The mm -hmm. second one, he is aggressively, <laughs> aggressively rubbing Jamie's shoulders. Mm -hmm. And I laugh because I can see Fred Arvison's face. He looks like he's like equal parts surprised and like astonished at what he's doing. It's almost like he doesn't realize he's doing it. Uh, and then the third tunnel, he is just bottomless, pants off, and smoking a cigarette. Um, it was goozy. It's one it final goozy. It was perfect. It was so good. <laughs> God. Um, yeah, my notes were Fred Armisen. The movie has to get better now. Um, <laughs> best no. part so far. No. <laughs> it is. It's. It's a funny. It's a funny gag. I do enjoy his character a lot. So the train takes them to Cran-sur-Mer, which I would guess is in France. Um, they go to the nude beach because, again, these are horny American teens, and what else would they do? But, uh-oh, it is just a sea of naked men. Mm -hmm. I fully forgot how many penises are just shown in this movie. It's a lot. Yeah. It's I a will, lot of penises. I will say here, so, uh, listeners, we have a text thread, obviously, because we need to communicate outside <laughs> the pod. And uh, Brian mentioned, oh, my God, I forgot how many boobs were in this movie. So I was like, all right, yeah. I'm going to see some boobs. Totally fine. Was not prepared for the amount of penis I would see in this film. So very mad. But very the, mad. I was yeah, like, what the a lot of A lot of dicks. And like a yeah. lot of weird looking dicks, I feel like. A lot of. Yeah. Well, it was a lot of sheathed because it's European. Uh, yes. A lot of uncut, yes. a lot of uncut dicks. I, um, no warning. No, no. warning. Oh, None. oh, there's boobs. All right. Who cares? Like, yay, boobs. But girls are not like, yay. <laughs> yay. Flaccid yeah. uh, penises. Can't yeah, wait. Uh, a flaccid, <laughs> uncut dick poking out from a mane of pubic hair. <laughs> <laughs> what? Again, this is where I realized I'd never seen this movie before. I, I was like, well, okay. Again, super happy. Green screens didn't seem as bad in uh, an SD, and neither did the penises. So. Oh my god, there were so. I, had, I mean, they were a lot of dicks. I had full HD, and I had the uh, extended cut, which meant oh, more you watched the un okay. Okay. Way oh, that the dicks that scene just kept going and going and going. Yeah, my boyfriend apparently owns this on DVD, and he was like, "Oh, you should have told me I had the uncut version." I was like, "Oh, I don't want to watch a different version from the rest well, of the group." They called it that because of all the 
uncut. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say from I mean we just had <laughs> what I would only call the uncut version because that was a there lot of yeah. uncircumcised dicks on fifty year old men. Um, so they're at the nude beach here. Jamie shows up, and yet again, Cooper realizes that Michelle Trachtenberg is like legitimately hot. I again don't know how he never realized. Like, has he never seen her at a dance? Like, has he never seen her toss he on was, some makeup? Or like, never seen her in a bathing suit? Like, I don't know. I grew up with friends with. We would go to the beach. We had like everybody had a pool. Not everybody, but like I had a friend who had a pool. So like, we had all seen <laughs> One kid each had a other. Pool. Yeah, one kid had a pool. But we'd all seen each other in bathing suits before. So I was just kind of like. It, did, like, did she just like get hot after graduation? Like, I was very confused by it as well. I, I don't like I mean, this. Oh, we didn't know she was pretty thing that we've seen in some movies recently. No. We, like, we discussed Megan's removal of braces and skin clearing up glow up that happened. But like, it wasn't like, oh, I thought you were a man until just now. Like it, that, that is, the, it's the strangest thing. And after you see it once, okay, you thought she was hot at the train station. I will say, from experience as a 17-year-old boy, you don't just forget that. It's not like, oh, I forgot you were hot from 20 minutes ago. Like, that stays with you, and now you're fixated on it. So for him to, like, again, be shocked that she's hot was weird. I literally wrote down, I forgot this, because I watched this at, like, midnight last night. Um, (laughs) I wrote, when he says you're a girl, I'm like, I wonder if they ever said that about me. (laughs) No! No, I... I, I was I was trying to think of like who in our group was like the the most tomboyish in their presentation. It's probably Monica, and every mm-hmm. guy I know had a crush on Monica. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't like it wasn't like oh Monica's a dude. Like yeah, she wears like a baggy sweatshirt and like huge jeans every day, and we're all like Monica's a smoke show. <laughs> so this whole I didn't realize you were not only good looking but a girl. Just it, it got irritating to me. Yeah. Um, so Jenny is about to get naked because it's a nude beach. Apparently she's not at all weirded out by all the flopping dicks that she sees. And then Jamie like freaks out, uh, dives in front of her to stop her from getting naked. And suddenly we are in a zombie apocalypse scenario. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, mm-hmm. yeah, just dudes, naked dudes, sadly like moping after the one girl that they see. Yeah. Um, we transition from Crown Sumer to Amsterdam. Uh, of course, if we're in Amsterdam, there are three different things that happen here. So they, they kind of do this in a bunch of vignettes. It's easier to talk about them taking kind of one location at a time. So uh, Cooper goes to the red light district, which a horny teenager, of course, you're going to go to the red light district. Um, he goes to Club Vandersex with three X's in it, because of course, uh, Lucy Lawless is the madam at Club Vandersex. Uh, yeah. Cooper is immediately swarmed. Yeah, she Cooper is swarmed by like a gaggle of sex workers. Um, mm-hmm. And again, I had forgotten what happened in this scene, so I'm like, oh, this is gonna be fun for him. <laughs> no, y'all, that's a bait and switch. Uh, yeah. This is like a serious hard S and M club. Yeah. Um, I did have, I did laugh at the funny gag of him getting like a safe word with 45 syllables in it and some letters that we don't have in English because no, that, that was, yeah, that and was funny. Out, yeah. And, and they bring out those two dudes named Hans and Gruber from Die Hard. Uh-huh. Remember Hans that? and Gruber. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, now I was immediately reminded and I, I think, um, 
going through some of these movies and talking about them in the podcast, I realized how much 90s SNL I've watched and retained. There was a sketch that I looked they ran on like one episode where it's um, Chris Farley and Mike Myers playing a Japanese game show where Chris Farley oh. is the contestant and Mike Myers is the host. Has anybody seen that one? Do you remember that? Oh, one? yeah. No, see, now Pete. Pete. Yeah, it's 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 quite so they they Chris Farley speaks no Japanese. He speaks he speaks no he speaks yeah. no Japanese. And oh. when you get a question wrong, they just torture you with something. And there's a part where he guesses an answer, and his guess is Kwaki Serpi Miku, which I don't think is real Japanese. And then Mike Myers asks the judges, and like, oh, I'm sorry, it's Kwaki Serpi Piku, and they cut off his fingers. <laughs> As his punishment for getting the joke wrong. And that, they end up connecting him to like uh, car batteries and electric. Yeah, they, they pour like acid on him. It is it's it's him getting tortured. It's a it's a fun sketch if you track it down. But that's what this reminded me of. Just Cooper like groping to try to figure out what this 85 letter word is as Hans and Gruber walk toward him with a triple penetration dildo machine. Well, no, it's like his pronunciation was asking for that. So it wasn't right. that he, yeah, it was, was just like, that is. Learning the language. I thought that was like it's, a good, a good fake out there where like he thinks he gets it. She's like, oh, yeah. you're, you're asking for it. It was, it was quacky syrupy Nico all over again. Yeah, yeah, was, you, <laughs> you want the machine with the one thing in the middle that's going to go like right up there and then the three that are kind of like three like rub rub like around, around your butt cheeks. That's kind of weird. But oh my god, I don't know if that makes it better. That's probably worse. I don't know, man. It's tough. I mean, that weird. I do feel like that's like every teenage boy's like worst nightmare of going to Amsterdam by themselves in the red light district. That probably scared some dudes straight. I feel like um, like how much do we think that cost? Because I feel like he couldn't just like walk oh god, in and like oh. I'm here for the Vandersex. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah, it's free. Like, I just feel like, how much did he actually pay for that whole Well, well they, they draw dudes in, and they end up just beating them up. I'm pretty sure he probably got paid. That seemed pretty terrible. I don't know. I, I also, I wonder if those sex workers are just like, do they just hang out there topless to, like, lure, are they yeah. sirens? <laughs> like, yeah. that's their whole job? Yeah. Oh, brother. Yeah. I just feel like he not only paid for it, like, monetarily like emotionally mentally physically and i'm just like wow this is good on cooper because i hated it no, I'm I, you know what i felt i felt less bad than i would have for any other character in the movie so i if anyone's gonna have it, it should be him um while cooper is being sexually violated jenny and scott are at what they think is a weed cafe i've never been to a weed cafe i feel like they make it pretty obvious that you're buying yeah. weed at a weed cafe yeah. um I bought like legalized weed at a store and dispensary before. There's no like questioning, oh, is this weed or not? But they, um, they're at the weed cafe. They go ham on some brownies. Like watching them dive into these brownies was A, gross, B, irresponsible. Yeah. <laughs> like, like take it easy with the edibles. But it's like, yeah, if those were actual weed brownies, like, they would be so fucked up. Like, I had, like, half of a weed cookie and just was They'd down be to the launched, launched into outer space, maybe never coming back. Yeah, oh, I was like, yeah. why would they give him a pile of brownies? And yeah. <laughs> a platter. 
it was yeah i was like and that's why i was like you know it was revealed that they weren't because i was like good because like those kids would be dead like so much also speaking of racist the or cultural appropriation the rastafarian guys oh my god I'd rather have the white Rastas from uh, from 10 Things I Hate About You. No, no, it's just like, why would you assume this is just a bakery? Why would you assume there's weed and everything? I'm like, yeah, it's fair. fair. I'm sorry. Yeah. Why did they assume that? They, they should be sorry. Yeah. Well, probably because your bakery is full of people on like a Saturday night. <laughs> like, that's, a, that's a weird thing to have happen. But yeah, during this freakout, um, we see Ginny eating fries like a crazy person. And then Scotty confesses to watching gay porn once. He's like yelling it, taking off his clothes. And that's when they realize, oh no, it's just a regular brownie. Um, now, while that is happening and while Cooper is being violated, we get uh, Jamie going to a camera store because he's a big camera nerd. Um, he's talking to another clerk who wants to hook up with him because his camera is so cool, which, all right, man, whatever. I'll suspend disbelief for this. Um, she is performing fellatio on him in the alley. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, Dietrich Bader shows up and uh, robs him. Um, they've had this kind of a, an understanding that Jamie is carrying everyone's like wallet and passport and all their documents. He just takes the whole shit off and gives it to him. Big blowjob, because I guess Anna is so good at that. So next morning, um, they all kind of meet back up. Cooper can barely walk because of what has happened to his butthole. Uh, Jenny and Scotty are like embarrassed at what happened with them last night, which uh, not, not that embarrassing, just go to an actual weed cafe. Um, and then Jamie walks up as though he is king shit of fuck mountain, but he has been robbed. Like he, I need to know where he was all night. Like, did he spend the night with Anna? Because knowing what his character is, he'd be, like, freaking out that morning that he's been robbed. He's very calm about this whole thing. Um, so right after that is when we get the drug-addicted German truck driver who we discussed earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, he says repeatedly that he's not going to Berlin. And I like that scene. But I'm also confused at how Scott has spoken to Mika all this time in German via email and speaks like fucking no German. <laughs> like, his German is akin to uh, Peggy Hill's Spanish. It's not any good. To be fair, I took French for two years and I could write and read it way better than I could speak it. I mean, I took Spanish and was awful at that. My sign language is very good, but Spanish was, I was never good at that. But I feel like you'd be under, like, at least be able to understand that he was saying, like, I'm not going to Berlin. Like, I know he right. kept saying Berlin a ton, um, but I feel like I would be able to pick up on, like, the no, like, in Spanish, but, like, no va. Like, oh, we're yeah. not going there. Oh, okay. Right. Like, you know, like, you, I. <laughs> the bare minimum, you should understand what, like, yes and no mean. Yeah. You, know, like, you might not yes. be able to understand that he, like, you know, sexually assaulted a horse and stabbed a woman. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think that was part of the uh, the um, the conjugation series uh, of you, like yeah. you didn't learn that kind of slang and actions <laughs> yeah. in your you know high school language classes. All right, I mean, well. we we read Don Quixote. There's a horse in that, but there's not a rape of that horse. So True. no yeah, horse rape. Right. That'd be a little bit a little bit tricky. Um, but they're all very excited to go to Berlin. They think, and uh, they wind up hopping on this truck and they wind up in Bratislava which again we have spoken at some length about the way that they present Bratislava. 
um, they wind up going to a disco because if you're in Eastern Europe, I guess that's something you'd probably want to do. That's what they have there kind of in spades. Uh, Christoph, the grown man from the train station who is lusting after a 17 year old girl owns this disco, which I mean, that's a really weird fucking coincidence that you're a French man that owns a discotheque in Bratislava. Mm-hmm. Um, he hits on Jenny. Jenny is 100% falling for this, despite the fact that she and Cooper had kind of a, a cute moment before that. While this is going on, uh, Jamie, Scotty, and Cooper are at the bar drinking absinthe. Oh, so um, good. I was going to say, Dave, absinthe. you've drunk absinthe before, right? I, I've had it. Not I've had the American stuff, the stuff that's legal here. I haven't had the real stuff. So but, no one uh, would. I do dig it. Uh, if, you, if you ever need something that's 140 proof to really just get you in the right frame of mind. It's, it's kind of like a Malort, but just supercharged. You know? I, in my notes, my I had, is it better or worse than Malort? Oh, uh, be- better in taste better in than taste. Malort. I'm sorry to say that, but also, if you just need like one shot of something to really just get you moving for the night, that's some mm. good stuff. That's some but, good stuff. Yeah, we had some absinthe. So when I studied abroad in London, I had like one of my really best girlfriends went and two of her sorority sisters so that... And then one of their other sorority sisters was there for a different program. So like we kind of traveled together. So we went to um, Paris and the first night we were there, we went to the Moulin Rouge and the, um, we all had absinthe and the, the girls, two of the girls had like two or three shots of absinthe and Ooh. it was like wild. And then at the end of the night, it was like 2 a.m., there's like, there's no Uber because it's, you know, it was way back when none of us really had phones because again, you barely like cell phones barely existed. And then you just had like the burner European phones. Um, and we, it was like, there are no cabs and like everyone was rushing for the cab. We're like, you know, me and my girlfriend had like two years of French in high school and it's, you know, fast forward three years into college and we're like juniors and trying to like grasp at straws for like saying like where we're going and like how to get a cab. We finally put three of the girls who were like so drunk into a cab. And then me and my friend, Anna, there was a train station. So we're like, we think we can walk. So we, cause there's no cabs left for us. So we like start walking to the train station and I was wearing my glasses and I like totally forgot about this till a couple of years ago, but there are these two guys who started following us throwing rocks. Oh throwing rocks at us like like well, that's, a weird, that's, that's a weird thing to do and then came up beside us and took my glasses off of my face and like we're, we're like just speaking and this you know one of the moments where i had no idea what they were saying even though i took french and um then finally like gave them back to us and and, and like left but um yeah i that's my experience with absinthe i mean thank god you weren't sex trafficked I know. That's usually how that story ends, I feel like. I was I like, know. and then and then the movie I'm taken. still here. I was waiting to hear it. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Taken anyway. three took. <laughs> I would have preferred the little fat green man flying around, but uh, oh boy. Um, yeah. I had a friend who brought some back from like when she studied abroad in like Aix and Provence, and I was like, <clears throat> everybody did it one night before a date party and I was like nah I get pretty rough as it is I don't need any extra help <laughs> just kind of like do we think this is a good idea they're like no you're actually right you shouldn't have any I was like well thank you I was just like that just doesn't I was like okay guys things are gonna get I mean, weird at the date party because half so, of my house <laughs> so if, if you need like something that 
tastes kind of like Malort, but is twice the alcohol. No one Malort but you. Go for it. I love Malort. It's my favorite. I know. You're, you're very Chicagoan, and I understand that Malort is the drink of our people. Dude, it tastes like a foot. Like, I don't it's, it's kind of so try bad. to drink Malort. It's, it's gross. You, you have a shot, and it stays in your mouth for yeah. days, like weeks. It tastes like paint thinner. Like, it, it tastes like a mistake. No, I call it, like, like a floral kind of Windex sort, sort of thing. Yeah. Like, kind of like with, chemical. Mixed with it's, feet. Yeah. With feet. A little bit. I don't know. It's it tastes like a Bible story. Like, it's not, it's not a good drink to ever. No, stay away from the Lord. <laughs> um, so, so while they're, you know, at the club here, all the guys are drinking glowing green uh, absinthe. Kristoff invites Jenny to come onto his yacht, very casually mentions that he is married. Um, like it's nothing. Jenny gets grossed out by that because she's a 17-year-old girl. Um, goes and drinks like a shitload of absinthe out of the bottle, which leads to what we already discussed was a very unnecessary, gross, slobbery makeout with her very own twin brother. Um, they will, they do. I'm gonna say I will only accept that from the Lannisters, and that's it. Like I will not take it from. I don't even accept it from the Lannisters. Like I was grossed out when they were hooking up. I don't know. I agree, but it's like that's it. George R. R. Martin. Uh, Nickler, Castor Waldo, and Lena Hetty. Those are the only people I will allow it from. Yeah, this had to go. I, mean, I was like, ugh. And we, we saw what their union gave us. I mean, their their kids were all pretty fucked up. Joffrey, his his chromosomes were all out of whack. Tommen was, I mean, whack. Well, we'll get off on a tangent here with, with Tommen. Um, so the next morning, uh, everybody looks like absolute shit. Cooper is very excited to make fun of Jamie and Jenny for hooking up. I guess they're hooking up for making out in the club. Um, and then that same America-file Slovakian man pulls up in like a hatchback version of the General Lee, I guess, yeah. to yeah. drive everyone to Berlin um, yeah. out of the goodness of his heart. So... They somehow find Mika's apartment in Berlin with no effort whatsoever based on the one picture Scotty has. And I, this, is, this is uncharacteristic for me. This is much more of a Dave move. I did some research here. Yeah. Berlin is 344 square miles. Yes, that's um, big. It's pretty for big. For comparison's sake, Chicago is 234. I, I have seen it's only an extra hundred what that's whatever that's fine i mean I, I lived i lived in chicago for a while um i've been to chicago countless times before i lived there and after lived there i've seen 30 square miles of chicago <laughs> like it's not I've, I've been there a lot this is a humongous city and the idea that you can just like walk another picture big oh here we are minutes after arriving that it's very convenient um my notes yeah. just say, how in the good goddamn did they pull this off? To be fair, though, um, my friend Claudia and I, like, walked, I, I want to say, for, like, three or four hours along the Berlin is it, Wall. Is it, is it Claudia Jane? Yeah. Oh, where did Claudia put her on the, in the, in the uh, spreadsheet? I love Claudia. She's um, little teeny tiny. She, I think, is asleep during this time. She lives in Germany, so. Yeah, yeah. What is, I don't know what this, what the time conversion is, but anyway. Late. Um, yeah, so she she lives over there, and so we went to Berlin, and we legit walked. It's like a very walkable city. We walked for like four hours in, along the Berlin Wall. That's too many hours. Cool. 
like I, I, I get, you know, a lot, I think a lot of European cities are walkable, especially the older ones, because they were made of people like walked everywhere, had like a, you know, a, a horse cart to get around and shit. But just like, oh, I have one picture where the building is kind of in the background. Oops, here we are. It's still daylight. We have to look at all. We just popped up right there. That, that was a little bit too convenient for me. Um, they go up to Mika's apartment. And uh, as we kind of touched on, her little brother, who's like probably what, seven or eight years old, um, gives himself a Hitler mustache and is like goose stepping around in the background of this entire scene. And I don't know why, but this made me laugh so fucking hard. Like, yeah. it, it is a dumb thing. And it is. They didn't realize we're in Germany. Let's really just lay it, just lay it in there. Let's, yeah. It's probably super offensive, but oh. I mean, I. No, if that if they were filming going. it in Germany, it'd be illegal. It's illegal, yeah. But since they you were in Prague, you can't have you whatever the fuck you, you want in Prague. Germany. There are yeah, no I mean, laws. Prague is, you know. Do whatever you want. It's like bringing white laws. Ain't no laws. No um, laws. So they find out from Mika's dad that she is in Rome for her summer at sea program. They leave tomorrow to go out to sea, uh, which uh, another thing that I feel like if they really had this real connection, Scott would have known that. <laughs> like if he'd been talking to her this whole time, she probably so. would have mentioned I'm going to be on a boat all summer. But, but um, I think she signed up once he broke her heart by calling that her. Was <laughs> that no, was yesterday. <laughs> three or four days it. ago. Yeah, it's three at least days. been three days. Maybe yeah, four. probably three, maybe three or four days. I mean, they've um, been across Europe like yeah. a million times. She was <laughs> gonna come to America because it's what you said. She was like, "Oh, she was gonna go to America That's to true. look at colleges." Okay. okay, I was like, "I'm not just making that up." I was like, "Oh, it's coming back to me." This movie That's I just accurate. watched yesterday. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, her dad. Her dad did say that she was gonna go to America and then changed her mind to go. That's true. Okay, yeah. all right. I, I I take it back. Okay. Um, Scott says that everybody else should go home, but he's going to go to Rome uh, to find this girl that he really knows. Um, suddenly, in my notes, I'm just like, oh, suddenly Jamie's a really cool guy because cool. he sells this camera that he's been like very serious about this whole time for a shitload of euros. I don't know how much that was, but it was a lot. Yeah. Um, and that was enough money to get everyone to Rome. I, I think that same day, I guess. Yeah. Um, so we find out that Mika is in the Vatican Museum. Um, the goofy American teens are not allowed in. This is where Jenny says that. I thought that was weird. Let me, let me tell you, because like, not, this is only, this is a tour group entrance. I'm like, why couldn't they find the non-tour group entrance? Why do they have to go, <laughs> why do they have to go in this entrance? There's a usually a huge line. Like, it's like our oh, line. Oh, the tour group, gotcha. Another the Louvre line. situation. Mm -hmm. yeah, Louvre yeah. part two. Yeah, I, I, mean, I forget what you call those guys, like the Swiss Guard or whatever, that have they have the Swiss Guard, exactly right. I mean, I, thank you. I, I thought that's what they were. Nice. Anybody can beat them in a fight. You can't fight in those shoes and those pants. I mean, get out of here with that mess. And so they, they lie their way to get in. Uh, Jamie has to pose as their tour guide, which, of course, he can do because he's a big nerd who knows everything about Europe. Um, he gets pulled away from the group to lead an actual group of English-speaking tourists because their tour guide called them sick, which I'm like, that's a convenient way to separate the group. I, I get why you would do that. I would have thought they would have had him like struggle at it, but he's like, no, I'm, I'm great at this. Of course I can do this. Um, this is where things go off the rails for me. Uh, Cooper... Wait, just um, now it's going off the rails? Yeah, <laughs> oddly enough, right? The, the brother-sister makeout. 
I was I was for some reason all right with that compared to this. You were uh, I <laughs> you like <laughs> um so so Cooper opens up like a random like glass doorway and yanks on a random rope because he's a moron who just pulls on ropes when he sees them. And I know this is a dumb movie, but like <laughs> there should have been a lock on that door, or like a velvet rope, or one of those Swiss guards with his big old halberd like guarding that. You can't just let any old body walk up and yank the rope that signifies the death of a pope. Yeah, or even the like, this door leads to the pope's private chamber, <laughs> so we're gonna go through that one. And I was just kind of like, right. My notes are, I can't with this movie. The Pope stuff is too much. I have no doubt. The, the Pope. I have no doubt the actual tour stays far away. Or even like there's, yes. there's got like eight or nine guards in front of all that shit. You can't even get close to it. No way. I mean, listen, yeah, that, that whole thing, I'm just like, this would be the equivalent of like walking around the White House and, oh, here's the red phone I can declare nuclear war with. Like, pick up there the you phone. Go. Like, Go you ahead. can't just have that just shit dial out, nine out to get for out. anybody. Dial nine first. So I just I, I, I simplified this down. I just said through a series of mishaps because it's not worth getting into all the things that happens with Cooper and Scotty in this yeah. slapstick Three Stooges knockoff scene. Uh, yeah. Scotty winds up dressed like the new Pope. He's out on the balcony of the Basilica addressing a crowd of people who think that the Pope has died. And within minutes, a new pope has been elected. And they have um, flouted, flouted all ceremony and immediately, because it's like, oh, they normally take 15 days. It's like, not yeah. today. Yeah. New pope. I, we have to I, happening today. I remember very clearly when um, John Paul II died, they nominated that Nazi dude to be the pope. Uh, I forget Benedict, what his pope name was. Joseph Ratzinger. Benedict, Ratzinger. Benedict. Ben, ben, yeah. Benedict XVI, I think it was. Yeah. Probably he he looked evil, um, and so when they when they, he did like he looked like Palpatine, and so when they when they elected him, I'm like okay. I was watching the news when that happened, and they had the camera like fixated on the on the chimney, and like when the smoke turns from black to white, there's a new pope. I'm like, you wouldn't think this would happen within like three minutes. Pope died, new pope. <laughs> like it's not it's not how this works. It's not like you're bringing the backup quarterback here. Um, but anyway, Scotty is out on the balcony. He looks down and sees Mika, like, jumps down a big old banner to go meet her. She like has from no rush idea hour. who he is. You guys remember that yes. scene from Rush Hour? Just like that. It was very, very Rush Hour adjacent. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, he runs up on her. She has no idea who he is, which is weird that he's never sent her a picture or anything. Um, also weird that she was willing to come to the U.S. for a dude she's never seen a picture of before, but... I guess that's that's teen love or whatever. Um, we get Scott giving a romantic speech and then a smash cut to Scott and Mika fucking in a confessional. Wow. Now, so, so that that speech is it meant to be terrible? It's not like a I'm a girl standing in front of a no. Boy it's supposed asking, to be good. I think <laughs> it's supposed to be good. No, it's bad. It is so bad. He talks about naked men and siblings making it. Like, his things are, yep. like, the trials I've been through. I was like, let's just not talk about those. Like, I This definitely... fool thinks he's Odysseus. 
He's I, like running down how he dodged the sirens and fought the Cyclops. <laughs> I thought it was purposely terrible. Like, I'm like, this is no Notting Hill. I will tell you that much. And I was like, oh, that's the point. It's supposed to be bad. Like, oh. they're making fun of the, okay, but we think this no, I'm pretty sure we're supposed to get seriously. I think, I think <laughs> teenage girls are supposed to swoon over them or something. Yeah. And then they okay. bang it out, but then they bang it out in the Vatican. They, 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 they fuck in a confessional. And I but am on the mesh, the... man. Butt cheeks on the mesh. And, uh, oh, God. Fantastic. And the Frau Farbissina is over there Frau in Frau the other Frau side. <laughs> Frau Farbissina. <laughs> like, I am the world's lapsist Catholic. And even I was like, oh, this is not okay. You can't fuck in a confessional. Like, what? There were, there were a lot of deleted scenes. If, if, if you watched them at, at the end where they were doing like, like uh, they, they, someone was holding somebody upside down. And then oh, yeah. That was... Yeah. Uh, I will yeah, say the cut scenes during the credits were my favorite part of the movie. I was like, I could yes, have just watched this ones. for an hour. Like, I didn't yeah. need to watch this movie. <laughs> there were some good ones. And there was one point that Frau Farbissina was like coaching them through it. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I grab his ass. I'm like, okay, this, this is all... Okay. You're supposed okay. to be confessing your sins. I am... I am this is sacrilege. Uh, so right after that happens, uh, Cooper and Jenny both say that they are mutually sad. They didn't get to have any crazy European sex. Um, to which my notes say, well, technically someone did do crazy European sex to Cooper's butthole. Like he didn't have sex, but someone did sex to him, I think yeah. is what, what we'd say so, about that. Yeah. Uh, Mika bids Scott a, a farewell. Um, we are now outside kind of a cafe this was so stupid and pointless. A dude walks up, uh, says that he is Arthur Fromer of Fromers, which I guess is like, you know, the, the triptych company or whatever. And that Jamie was the greatest tour guide he's ever had. And I must have you right away to work for my company. And I'm like, okay, this is, I mean, why, why are we even doing any of this? Yeah. Um, so, we Jamie says that he's going to stay back in Europe for this job that he got offered three minutes ago. I guess, fuck college. I had no plans anyway or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, on the plane, uh, Jenny and Cooper go to fuck in the airplane bathroom, which has always seemed like a terrible time to me. It, um, like, I just don't even understand felt, the logistics of it, to be honest. Like, I can barely... I know you can I'm, do it, but... Like, I'm a, I'm a relatively small individual in terms of... I'm, like, tall, but I'm, like, smaller... And I can barely. Yeah, but you're, you're leggy. Yeah, it's true. I can barely fit in that that one little bathroom by myself, like let alone another human, let alone was, like doing something. I had never taken an international flight. Actually, now that I think of it, no, never an international flight. I've taken a boat, but so there's not bigger bathrooms on international flights. Just regular, it's like small, no. shitty. Really? I mean, unless you're in first class. That maybe they, they were, were not. Maybe they were the not. First no, because no, they were in like the middle section of the plane. They yeah. weren't even like on the on the outsides. And I, I flew into the Dominican for my honeymoon, and like that was a, a like a smaller plane than usual. So, I, I, I hard to imagine that they have like a spacious area to lay down in, or even like stand up comfortably in to bang it out. Um, not to mention like the swaying and like the turbulence, and nah. it just sounds like that, a terrible time all around. Nah, I'm sure that would make it better. Swaying and turbulence just. <laughs> Keeps it all going. Well, and what, what bothered me is, like, they've been presumably staying together in, like, every hotel room they've been in so far for the course of this movie. You, you're picking this moment as the one moment to finally hook up. That, I mean, Jamie got more action from Jenny than Cooper did. That, I, 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 
I'm, I'm happy you guys are happy, I guess. But it just seemed, it seemed odd to me to time it at that point. Yeah. Uh, we fast forward now, like through all of summer, it's fall. And Cooper and Jenny are a couple now. We are at Oberlin College, uh, which is in Ohio, um, where they're from. And uh, we see that Scott is like unpacking his boxes. I guess his parents pulled a Bobby Clausen's parents and dropped him off at college. Yeah. They didn't like come and help him set up. They just said, okay, get out. You're here now. Check you later. Yeah, uh, check you later. There's nothing wrong with that. My parents just- You got dropped off too? Well, so like, I had to go early for field hockey, so like my mom and my brother stayed for that. But then when we actually moved into the dorm, they just like dropped off my shit and bounced. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'll set up my college dorm. I had to like usher my parents out. Everything was unpacked, and they were just I had to tell my mom to leave. Yeah, like you guys so, beat it. Like, I'm like, mom, I'm I'm 40 miles away. It's come on now, come on. Now. I think it was a Sunday, and Lehigh is but an hour and a half from my from where I'm from. But my dad's like, I gotta work in the morning. We gotta go, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta like, brisk it on. We gotta get out of here. <laughs> yeah, like it was hard to get my dad to come to certain games. He's like, Oh, it's on a Sunday, and I'm like, You have all day. You have all day. Like he's like, I gotta work in the morning, and I'm like, Okay, fine. Yeah, my my parents dropped me off and like kind of did the linger thing because I chose like the furthest away that they would let me go basically. Right. Um, <laughs> but then freshman year, so I didn't have a car, and I was at, at Mizzou, which was seven hours, six six and a half hours away from hike. Yeah, from Naperville, and I like I was like, all right, well, it was Easter or something or getting close to Easter. And I was like, okay, well, um, when can you guys come get me to move me out of the house? And then I like told them the dates I had to move out and they were both, yeah, we're not available. Or like move me out of the dorm or whatever it was. They're like, sorry, yeah, we're busy. And I was like, what? <laughs> like I have to, <laughs> like there's not like one. a choice. <laughs> I have to like get my shit out of this dorm. And they're like, yeah. Mm, that's gonna be a hard one. Find some other way, man. <laughs> yeah. so then I ended up having to like fly home so I could <laughs> pick up a car and drive it down <laughs> and then shove all my stuff into it. Oh, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah, my my parents so well I'm sure we'll get around to this when we do more of a college focused movie in a dorm. My freshman year roommate was a complete and total disaster. I will save all of the important stuff for a future episode. Uh, we called him Drunk Dave because he showed up to college drunk. So there was another Drunk Dave? Another Drunk Dave? Yeah, okay. I've never called you Drunk Dave. I probably should, but he probably should. this guy, he, my parents were like loitering in our room. He was, to my eyes, very clearly hammered. Like, I don't know how they didn't catch on. He, he was a disaster and within maybe three minutes of them leaving, he threw up everywhere. So I feel like he was holding on to it, like waiting for them to leave and just kind of like sweating and like getting antsy because he knew it was coming and they finally left. They probably weren't even like out of the elevator yet before he threw everywhere. So yeah, we'll, we'll get to drunk Dave. Uh, he didn't make it past sophomore year of college. Um, He's dead? Oh no, he, oh, he probably. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh my God. Given his health condition? Oh, yeah, I bet. He, he didn't Jeez. die. This is not a dead man on campus situation. He didn't die while I was living with him. But uh, if he told me he was dead, I'd be like, yeah, okay, checks out. 
Okay. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> so right at the end of the movie here, um, Mika shows up at his dorm room, says that she's also going to Oberlin College, and she is somehow Scott's roommate because they assumed Mike was a guy's name. This is so fucking convoluted and unnecessary. How did she know what room he was going to be living in? How did he not know that she was his roommate? Why didn't she tell him this? The college didn't check to see. Like, all of this, I'm just like, come on. Yeah, because you this don't fill out... Gave us? Yeah, you don't fill out any other boxes but your name. Like, you didn't... Yeah. You don't put anything else. You're just like, oh, Nothing. my name. And I would like to go to your school. No, that sounds great. Mike... When you got into name. Oberlin, you didn't, like have to give them their transcripts where they would see, oh, you were a woman. Like, none of this came up and prior pick, to this, I guess. And, and for whatever reason, you end up pick, picking Oberlin, which is like the Marquette of Ohio. <laughs> yeah. Why Oberlin? I, 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 I don't know. Whatever. It's Miami, Ohio's little brother. Um, oh, gee. There you go. The, the, other, the other part of this was like, okay, this might work for like a couple hours. The RA is going to realize there's a woman living in a room with this dude. We have to reassign you. This is not going to just last forever. This would be the worst um, sequel ever. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be really boring, like stuff like that. I, I, I literally can't I, imagine if there was a, a sequel. Oh, God, I'm happy there's not. It'd probably just be about Cooper getting VD or whatever. Um, I will say, I did love the very last shot of the movie is like a very old Nokia phone because mm. he's, got, he's got Cooper on the other line as Mika shows up and they're making out like that, that is nostalgia kind of summed up in one. The, the peak of cell phone technology at the time is our final shot. Um, so that, that kind of does it for the recap here. Um, one of the things that we do enjoy doing on this podcast, each episode is taking a kind of a minor character and looking into the rest of their career to find out uh, if this was the peak of their career or just kind of the start of big things. So it is time for an IMDb deep dive. I hope you pick Bert. I did not pick Bert. I oh, thought about picking shit. Bert. I know. I, he was on my list. I, I, he wasn't really covered in the, in the podcast. We didn't talk about, a lot about Bert. So I'm like, I'm not going to pick Bert. Fine. Coincidentally, we also did not talk about this character very much either. It is... Oh boy, I feel like Megan here. Kristen Crook? Croik? Really? From Smallville? From the WB? Uh, she, she is. She's, listen, the WB has made her career. So she played Fiona, um, who, boy howdy, she was in the movie the first five minutes making out with everybody. She had a, at least a threesome, perhaps a full-on gangbang with the band. We're not sure what other dudes were there with her. We saw her wake up with Donnie and then I think the drummer or whatever. She has 19 total credits. This was her third credit total. Okay, so mm. she was very new to the business. Her first credit, uh, I'm going to toss out one of my favorite shows from back in the day that I don't know if anyone watched but me. There was a Saturday morning cartoon called The Weekenders. Anybody familiar with that show? No. God, it's fucking brilliant. It's, I'm not going to get into it, but if it's available somewhere, you should watch it because it's, it's really, really, really good. Um, after that, uh, she was in 158 episodes of Smallville, as Dana said, as she had multiple names. So I'm assuming she got married to Lex Luthor. She was Lana Lang and also Lana Luthor and something else. I didn't watch it. I just knew it was on because I was always <laughs> watching the WB and the CW. So I'm aware of the whole catalog of shows. I just didn't watch all of them. That's so yeah, many goddamn episodes. Jesus. Just right. I think she's in every episode. I think she's in wow. like every episode of the show. Um, yeah. 
So she also played Chun Li in Street Fighter: The Legend of Chun Li, and I'm like, there, is this yeah. okay? Yeah. Uh, turns out she's like half Chinese, <laughs> so I'm like, oof, okay. I don't know if that's all right. But she she's done like a number of roles playing Asian actresses because she is an Asian actress. Um, right after the Chun Li movie, she was also in 70 episodes of Beauty and the Beast on the CW, um, which is a remake. Are you familiar? Uh, I'm, I'm also familiar with this. It's a remake of a TV show from the 80s where it's like the dude. So in the 80s, he actually kind of looked like the beast from like the Disney character, like with more fur on his face. Yeah. In the update in the aughts, or not the aughts, I guess this is one of the 2010s. He just kind of had like a weird disfigurement on one side of his face. But yeah, it was like a real, so, it's a real thing. Now, hold on. I think you might be thinking of Beastly. Oh, you're right. My bad. You're right. Okay. Ah. And I know that because I wrote down um, what the premise of this show is, and it sounds insane. Beastly is also insane. Uh, It begins with either Mary Kate or Ashley um, giving like a voiceover monologue. And the last thing she says is embrace the suck. Like this is a bad movie. Just like turn into how bad this movie is. No, but this, in Beauty and the Beast, he does have a scar on his face. And I'm pretty sure it's based off the TV, like the old TV show. It, it probably is. Here's the premise, because it sounds ridiculous to me. A beautiful detective falls in love with an ex-soldier who goes into hiding from the secret government organization that turned him into a mechanically charged beast. That sounds like nothing that I'm familiar with with Beauty and the Beast. Um, I'm gonna, it just sounds ridiculous. Maybe I'll put it on our Twitter. The 1987 TV show called <laughs> Beauty and the Beast starred Linda Hamilton, and the man Whoa. looks like the beast from the Disney movie. <laughs> yeah, put that on the Twitter. Uh-huh. We, gotta, we gotta get that up on the Twitter. Um, so I knew I was right. I knew I was right. <laughs> you weren't wrong. I'll tell you that. Uh, she is currently on the CW's Burden of Proof, have not the leading role. One. I have no idea what that is, but she has basically been... I'm guessing it's a legal CW... <laughs> Is there some kind of legal series, I'm guessing? Burden of proof, yeah, burden of proof. It, it, it seems like, I think I read the synopsis of that, and she's, like, helping women who are um, trying to, like, press charges of sexual assault against some kind of powerful figure or something like that. Uh, so she's, like, the star star of this show. She plays, like, the attorney that's helping these women. So a hell of a career for her. I have never heard of her before because I don't really watch the CW or the WB um, since, you know, the Wayans brothers went off the air. So, yeah, good for her, because to play this role and parlay that into a whole career was pretty impressive. And she um, had to make, make out with Matt Damon. Like, I, that's she, not bad. She, yeah, the, the grossest version of Matt Damon, perhaps, but she got to make out with him. Who gives a shit? It's still Matt I, Damon. I take it. <laughs> so, Matt, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> we got around to it. Um, so that brings us to the end of our podcast. And just like the end of the school year, that means it's time to hand out some superlatives. Cooper is most likely to give Ginny a venereal disease. And Jamie is most Thousand likely percent. to use an instant... Oh, for sure. She's got crabs now. Uh, <laughs> Jamie is most likely to use an Instagram filter to make his iPhone photos look like they were taken in 1983. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Ginny is most likely to be catfished by a guy with a fake French accent. And Scott is most likely to appear on 90 Day Fiance. Um, does anybody here watch 90 Day Fiance or am I the only one? Can't stand it. 
Oh, it's, it's awful. It is. It's exploitative. It is culturally offensive as hell. I had a really hot yeah. Angela and Michael take that. I will say it for somebody else to hear because it's scorching. Um, now, Megan, uh, you are up next. What movie are we going to watch next week? So, well, I'm ex- as I mentioned earlier at the beginning of the pod, um, my brother and his fiance are going to be in town. And my little brother is five years younger than us. So he's going to be... Um, so it was a little hard to find a, um, a movie that overlapped his high school or college with our high school or college. <laughs> it was tough. But um, he suggested Drumline. So, yeah. um, <laughs> so it should be. <laughs> Starring noted anti-Semite Nick Cannon. And basically nobody else that we know because I just re-looked at the cast. Uh, Zoe yeah. Saldana. Okay, Zoe Saldana. Oh, Zoe Saldana. Oh. Gamora, okay. whatever, whoever she played in Avatar, because I've never seen that movie. Okay. Uh, Gamora yeah, is well, a I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy Avatar. thing. I just rewatched that the other day. Disney Plus, a lot of events. I think she's in, movies. is she, oh, I was going to say she's in Westworld. That's, that's Tandy Newton in Westworld. Orlando Jones, uh, P.D. Pablo plays himself. All right. Oh, I, God, P.D. Pablo. I was oh, wrong. Okay. Uh, so on and I so stand so. corrected. Fantastic. Oh, we can't Beanie help. Pop, motherfucker. Okay. Yeah, we man. can't help Megan know how to pronounce their names. We take it all back. You have to figure it out next week. Yeah, Megan, don't listen to this before we. Uh... No, I thought <laughs> I thought if it's my movie that I don't have to. to oh, do that's that. right. Oh, that's right. Somebody else would do the cast. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, guys, I know we're on to the next movie, but I'm just reading more about the 1987 TV show Ron Perlman played the Beast, and George. Of course, he did. No, but like George R. R. Martin, Mr. Game of Thrones himself, also wrote for this horrible TV show. Oh Oh my my gosh, this is blowing my mind. Ron Perlman is always some kind of a monster get-up. Like he never plays a regular. His his regular face is never on camera. Oh man. Okay, sorry. Well, drumline. All right, that is it for this episode of the podcast. If you guys like what you heard, uh, pop it over to iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts, and be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter at Recap and Gown Pod. That is R E C A P N G O W N P O D. Uh, if you didn't like what you heard, then the four of us will start a pop punk band exclusively for the purpose of writing a really mean song about you to play in front of your entire high school. Take it easy, millennials. We will see you next week.